Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 175. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm CB Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and uncontainable co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode's on fences and gates for horses. Our topics for this week are materials for horse fencing. Fence layouts, fence heights, gates, special needs for fencing foals and stallions, and introduction to a new pen or pasture. Fencing for horses must be easily visible and high enough to discourage attempts to jump it. It must be strong enough that when horses scratch their rump by pushing and sitting on a fence or leaning into it to get to greener grass on the other side, that the gate will not open or the rails will not pop off. Horse fencing should have some flexibility on impact to reduce the risk of injury from horses running into it during play or fear or attempted escape from a bully. There should be no openings large enough to entrap a hoof. That's more than three inches, and no sharp edges or projections. The best fence types for horses are electric rope, woven wire, pipe, or plank and post. Each has its advantages and disadvantages. Therefore, a horse containment should have more than one type of fence based on the strengths of a type of fence in a particular situation. For example, electric rope works well for pastures for economy and effectiveness, woven wire for smaller enclosures when wanting to keep children and dogs out of enclosures, and pipe or plank and post for smaller enclosures, particularly those needed for stallions. Three strands of electric fence or three planks can be sufficient for mares and gildings, while colts and stallions may need up to five strands or planks. If horizontal planks are nailed to the outside of a fence, vertical face boards should be nailed over the boards. This extends the connection to the post and significantly increases the strength of the fence to be challenged by horses inside the fencing. The space between the horizontal planks should be too small for a horse to put his head through sideways and possibly get stuck. Quiet-mannered adult horses in a closed herd may be contained without incidents in barbed wire, chain link, or high tensile wire pastures. But these enclosures are very hazardous for young horses, hot-tempered horses, or herds that may occasionally have new members or for any horses that are crowded. It's best to avoid barbed wire, chain link, and high tensile wire in all situations for containing horses, since the type of horse that may be enclosed in the future may change. 
barbed wire is the leading cause for laceration in horses. Cattle mesh is unsatisfactory for horses because the openings are too large, four inches square or more, which can catch horses' hooves. Welded wire comes apart when rubbed on or kicked by horses. Chain link can catch a horse's shoes or halters, and the top edge of the mesh can cut a horse's neck. Woven wire mesh, 2 by 4 inch squares, or diamond-shaped mesh is safe for horses and aids in keeping predators out of enclosures. A sight board or pipe should be used at the top edge of mesh fencing to make the fence more visible to horses. Sightboards also deter horses from reaching over and smashing a fence down to graze. The bottom of the mesh fencing should be flush with the ground. Electric fences are particularly effective for horses. Horses have short hair coats and thin skin. Some wear metal shoes. These factors facilitate the effectiveness of electric shock. Unlike other fences, Electric fences are not used as scratching posts and chewing rails for cribbing by horses. If run into by a panicked horse, electric fences cause few or no injuries that are common with other fences. The introduction of a horse new to an electric fence should be supervised. It takes at least 700 volts to get the respect of horses. Because of the short pulse of the charge, it does not cause burns or abnormal heart rhythms. Typically, 4,000 to 5,000 volts are used for horses. Horses cannot stand in mud for long periods without developing hoof and leg problems. Horse facilities should have a dry lot and all-weather or sacrifice paddock and a well-drained area to allow hooves and pasterns to occasionally dry out in wet weather. There should also be a 12-foot wide all-weather lane from stables to turnout areas. Curved corners and pins, paddocks, and pastures aid submissive horses to escape from an attack by another horse. Enclosures with Right-angle corners can be blocked with one or two diagonal boards as another means to aid the escape from herd bullies. The height of horse fencing depends on the size of the enclosure and the type of horse. Smaller pens or crowded pastures require higher fences. For Mares, foals, and gildings, most pens should be at least five feet high or more. Most pasture fences should be at least four and a half feet high. Pens should be at least six inches above the weather's height. Stallion pens and gates should be seven feet high. Horses that are trained or have learned to jump should be kept in nine foot high pens. Donkeys should be enclosed with at least five-foot fencing since they are able jumpers. A perimeter fence should be as high as the withers of the tallest horse, which is usually 54 to 60 inches. Mature stallions should not be kept on the other side of a single fence 
with, from other horses. The pens for other horses should be separated with a distance of at least 12 feet between the enclosures. To improve stallion behavior when not breeding, stallion pens should have a different gait to use when breeding and when being taken out for other reasons. Perimeter fencing is advisable wherever stallions are kept. The lowest panel board or wire should be 12 inches from the ground if foals are present to prevent them from rolling underneath a fence. Otherwise, the space from the ground to the bottom of the lowest horizontal part should be more than 12 inches to aid in mowing, trimming, and reduction of the risk of adult leg injuries. When electric fence is used, a strand of electrified wire, rope, or tape should be at full nose level. Gates should be 2-inch, 14-gauge, or stronger tubular steel. Aluminum gates are not strong enough to withstand the pressures exerted from horses. Gates with diagonal or Z-bars can leave narrow corners that can trap heads and legs and therefore should not be used for horses, nor should support cables. Gate rests, a block of wood to rest the end of the gate on when fully opened and fully closed, reduces the strain on hinge posts. Gates that open and close with one hand are safer when leading horses, and only one hand is free. Slinky-type spring gates are not appropriate for horse gates because they'll catch horses' tails. Bungee-type retractable rope gates are safer. If on a major road or in a residential area, a small 24 by 24 foot catch pen should be built to go through to the pasture gate to prevent other horses from escaping when moving horses in or out. When an alleyway exists between pastures and gates opposite each other and both open into the alleyway, they can be positioned so that they become a channel between pastures. Handlers should always walk a horse around a new pens. Handlers should always walk a horse around a new pens or pastures inside perimeter, both directions before turning the horse loose for the first time in that enclosure. If the fence is electric, it should be turned off, and flattery should be tied to the top fence strands for increased visibility until the new horse is accustomed to its new surroundings. Water troughs should not be located close to electric fences. If the current reaches the water by mishap, the horse may get shocked and avoid ever drinking from that trough afterwards. Hay should not be tossed over an electric fence. Horses may try to pick pieces off of the fence. Pastures for horses should be checked routinely for rocks and for animal burrows that could injure horses' hoofs and legs. Farm or ranch equipment should not be stored or discarded in horse pastures. Pastures should be inspected for potentially poisonous plants. State agricultural extension offices can provide information on the identification of poisonous plants common to the region. (music) 
If you have comments or are interested in a particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. As confinement reduces the individual space for horses, the fence height must be increased. Stallions and foals need special forms of fencing beyond that needed for adult mares and gildings. Well-drained areas that dry quickly are needed in a portion of any pen or pasture for horses. Fladry should be tied to the top fence strand of an electric fence until a horse is familiar with the pen or pasture. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press and is available from Amazon and many other fine book supply sources. My new Spiral Bound Handbook, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, was recently published and is available from all major science book supply sources. Additional information is provided at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 150 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about breed behaviors in dogs. Hey, Abby, can you tell us some of your Australian cattle dog behaviors? She said she yields for koalas in crosswalks. (laughs) 